turn to John 10 in your Bibles. John 10 in your Bibles. All right. No. Go back to the title slide. Go. Thank you. So we're going to be in John 10 tonight. All right. John 10 in your Bibles. Are you getting your Bible out? Perfect. Is it locked in your backpack a little bit? It's all the way at the bottom. Should be up at the top because you access it so frequently. You know? Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. So we'll be in John 10 tonight. We're continuing this series called I Am. And uh, isn't it crazy, like, how much trust we put into doors? Have you guys ever thought, bless you, have you guys ever thought about that? Like, how much trust we put into doors? No, you haven't. <laughs> you think about it every day? That's because you're a, you're a six and you worry about everything. Oh, that's me. All right. And uh, so, uh, so doors, no. Like, if you've ever stopped to think about it, it's weird how much, like, security we get from a door. Like, it's typically a, just a thin piece of wood. But, man, like, the difference between a door being open and a door being closed can change our entire train of thought. All right? And it can change the entire level of comfort that we have, the entire level of security and confidence that we feel. And if you don't believe me, that's just because you've never thought about it before. Because seriously, think about this. If tonight you were to go home and it, your parents were like, hey, it's bedtime, but uh, just so you know, like, we lost our front door, so there's no front door. Go ahead and go to bed. Right? How many of you guys would be like freaking out all night long because like anybody could walk in your house, right? So like, listen up, Jackson, just join your group, all right? So front door open, hard to sleep, right? Bedroom door open, awkward when you're getting ready in the morning, right? You're trying to get dressed, you have no bedroom door, that's awkward. Bathroom door open, makes it hard to poop. Huh? Which one of you said, no, it doesn't? I'll poop anywhere, anytime. Bet. Bet. I'm pooping right now. <laughs> oh, man. Tonight, while I was at home and I was like making dinner for my family, like Jake went up to my wife, Susan, and he was like, Mommy, I, I poopy. And she was like, You're pooping or are you poopy? And he was like, I poopy. And she was like, Are you doing it now? And he was like, Yeah. And she was like, no, are you, like, are you going right now? And he was like, yes, you know? And then she was like, or are you done? Is it in your diaper? And he goes, yes, you know? And uh, she go, he's like, no, are you, like, are you going poop right now? And he, I poopy, you know? And she goes, okay, just tell me when you're done. And like, she says, just tell me when you're done. And then a split second, he goes, I done. <laughs> oh, kids, so weird. That was a bit of a sidetrack, but the reality is doors, even though most of the time they're just a you know, pretty light, thin piece of wood, they provide a lot of security for us, and we don't even really think about it. We trust doors, because doors have one job, and they do that job really well. They keep bad stuff out. They keep good stuff in, right? Kitchen door. Refrigerator door is what I mean. Refrigerator door, that's like one of the top five doors in your house. Right, Saley? Yeah. What's more important to you, a refrigerator door or a bathroom door? Definitely. Refrigerator door, 100%. Yeah. Because you're never going to poop in the refrigerator. 
right? Doors. You guys have never thought this much about doors before in your life. But now, no, you haven't. Quit lying to me. But now you're going to be walking around your whole day. You're going to be like, thank you, door. (laughs) Open the car. Thank you. You know, like every door. Oh, man. I've enlightened doors for you guys. It's going to be incredible. But isn't it weird how, like, we get all this security in our real life. We, have, we receive all this like comfort and security from doors. Like they mean so much to us and we don't even realize it. But so often doors can sometimes represent bad things. Right? Doors can sometimes represent bad things. Typically not in our real everyday lives, right? But like in movies and stuff where there's like, oh, you know, like it's always like in a scary movie, it's always like, don't open that door! You know? Monsters, Inc., exactly. We talked about, Colin and I talked about Monsters, Inc. when we were working on this message, right? Because there's all these doors that they go through, but only one door is the right one. Only one door. You guys know the scene where they're like in, where all the doors are going, and they have to find Boo's door, and they go through the different doors, because they're like, trying to like get away from Randall and find Boo's door. Yeah, yeah. So you guys get it? Doors. Are you okay? What'd you guys say? Poo or boo? They're okay? All right. Shh. Sometimes doors on opportunity or on TV like represent opportunity. What's behind door one? Would you like what's behind door number two? Right? Uh, I choose door number two. Oh, I'm sorry. Door number two you get a potted plant. Door number one had a car behind it. You know, whatever it is, right? But so often, even in those scary movies or in Monsters, Inc. or on TV shows where you have to choose between one door and another door, and there's only one door is the real, true, right door. The door that you want to use. And the other doors are all just substitutes, imitations. They take you somewhere that you don't want to go, and you can't trust them. Right? Kind of like if there was a door to a tiger cage and somebody told you, hey, the tiger, it's fine, he's behind that door, but what you need to know is that we recently, the lock broke, so that door, if the tiger ever figured it out, he could just push the door open and the tiger could get out. Would you ever trust that door? No, because it's not really a door. Right? It's just a swinging wall. You'll figure it out. Right? So tonight we're going to talk about, we've been in the series where Jesus says, I am. And we're going to talk about in John chapter 10 where he says, I am the door. And how impactful that can be to us. Open your Bible, you'll see it there. John chapter 10. Go ahead and put everything else away and just open up John chapter 10. That's what we're going to read from. Follow along, don't go to that quite yet, Justine. We're going to actually start in verse 1. All right, so John 10, verse 1, it's not up on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you guys from my Bible, and I want you guys to just kind of see this picture in your mind. All right, see this picture in your mind. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, okay, or like a sheep's pen, rather than going through the gate, 
or the door must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the door for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. We'll pause right there. How many of you guys understand what Jesus means in this illustration? All right. Some of you might think you know what it means. All right. Some of us are in Bible college, so we know what it means. Right? But this is kind of a weird image that Jesus is using where he's like, yeah, so like if you're the shepherd and you go through the door and like the sheep are going to follow you because they know your voice, but like if you climb over the wall, like maybe they don't know your voice and you're just there to steal the sheep and they're not going to follow you because they don't know your voice. And it's really bizarre what Jesus is trying to say. So it goes on to say they didn't, they didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the door for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. In fact, on your outlines, you can see there, verse 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. All right, and then it goes on in verse 10. This idea kind of wraps up where Jesus says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. All right? Still kind of bizarre what Jesus is talking about here. Why is he talking about doors and sheep and shepherds? It's because these things all represent us and Jesus. All right? So in this image that Jesus is painting, in this picture that he's painting for us, who are the sheep? Us, exactly. And who's our shepherd? Jesus, God, exactly. We're going to talk more about that in a couple weeks, all right? But Jesus also says that he is the door. And what exactly is he talking about? Now, what you guys need to understand here is that Jesus, in John chapter 10, this is right before he's about to be crucified, and he knows what's coming, and so these are some of the last things that he ever said to his disciples. Remember I said he's talking to his disciples? He's, it's almost like Jesus is getting in the last, most important lessons that he has for them, right? And he uses this image, this illustration of sheep and the pen, and like the, where the sheep hang out, and the door, because these guys all would have understand that. And so when Jesus says, I am the door, what you need to understand is that a lot of times their little sheep corral things where they would corral the sheep to sleep at night, they didn't actually have like a swinging gate or a swinging door. See, we have these words gate and door in our English translation of the Bible, but sometimes what they would have understood more fully is that the shepherd would have lied down at night at the opening to this sheep corral. And so they truly would make themselves that door. They truly would. It would be like if you went home tonight and your parents said, hey, it's time for you to go to bed, but our front door disappeared. Don't ask me how it disappeared. That's weird enough. But our front door's gone or it broke and we can't shut it. And you were to say, but I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'm going to be too scared. And your parents were to say, but that's okay. Dad and a police officer are going to stand in the opening all night long. 
with flamethrowers and a couple grenades. Sure, a machine gun if you feel like you need it. Would that make you feel a little bit more secure? Yeah. So you don't actually have a door. (laughs) She says, no, that's weird. Um, But you don't actually have a door, right? But you have that person that's in the doorway that is being your protector and your provider, right? And so what Jesus is saying is that in your life, you are my sheep and I am the door that you can look to for security. I'm that front door that even though you might be scared, you can lay your head down and sleep easily at night because I'm here to protect you, to provide for you, right? I imagine that even these shepherds, if they were to lay down at this opening to keep all the sheep in and keep all the bad stuff out, Maybe even some of the sheep loved their shepherd so much that they'd walk their stupid little sheep bodies over to the shepherd and they'd lay their little stupid little sheep bodies down next. Sheep are stupid, right, Cassie? Sheep are stupid. They're not known as like, the, they're not used for like the symbol of intelligence. No one says, man, that kid's smart as a sheep. <laughs> I say that, but not about smart kids. <laughs> Some of you guys, I talk about you during the week. I go, man, that kid is smart as a sheep. And that means you're not smart. I'm just kidding. I don't talk about you. Or do I? (laughs) Bradley, I do, huh? Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. In life, Jesus talks about how there's these other people that tried to get in towards the sheep, right? What's he saying? That there's these thieves that tried to sneak in and come over the wall and get into where the sheep are. What he's talking about is the Pharisees and the religious leaders and the other people that like were a part of other religions, bless you. And he's saying that, man, these people tried to come in. The Pharisees thought they had a way for, these, for everyone to be safe, right? And we're going to get into that in just a second. But the first thing I want you guys to fill in is that there are a lot of doors we can go through. There are a lot of doors we can go through. There's a lot of things in our life that we can walk through that lead us to bad things. Just like in scary movies, there's some doors that you shouldn't walk through because they lead to the bad guy, right? There's some things that in our life, opportunities that we have, that if we were to walk through those, door, those open doorways, they lead to bad things. You guys have heard the phrase, you know, when opportunity knocks, right? You guys have heard that? And it's as if there's like this opportunity on the other side of the door. And man, when it comes knocking, you should open because you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. But just like there might be good opportunity, there may be bad opportunity in our life. As you guys are growing up, there's things that may come, people, relationships that you might potentially have in your life, whatever it is right? You may have these opportunities to enter into things that don't lead to life. And sometimes we even think that there's things that we can do that make us good enough. There's things that we can do that make us look like a good person. And that's what he's referencing with these thieves that he talks about that just come to steal. Because the Pharisees, we've talked about them a lot, the Pharisees They would have said that they believed in God. They would have said that they knew the Bible well. They had the Old Testament memorized. 
They spent more time than anybody reading the scriptures. They spent more time than anybody spending, giving their money to the temple. They spent more energy than anybody tracking down the sinners. They went around looking for people that were doing wrong, and they said, you can't do that. Come on, we're going to take you, and we're going to get you in trouble. We're going to do the right thing. And the Pharisees thought that they could get in to a relationship with God just by being righteous, by acting self-righteous, by spending their time memorizing things. See, sometimes we think we can sneak into heaven by just doing good things, by being a good person, by doing a lot of Bible study, by reading and praying more than our friends. And we feel like, man, if we come to small group and we were to go around the circle and everybody says, hey, how many verses did you read today? And everyone else says five and I say 35, I'm the best. That's how these Pharisees behaved. And this is what they thought. And I think we do this sometimes too. Because we think we can sneak or act our way into a relationship with God. But ultimately, guys, these things, if it's just about our behavior, it's just about our good actions and our good intentions, those things just end up kind of wasting our time. Right? We try to be successful. We spend our time trying to do all the right things. But if we don't do them for the right reasons, they're worthless. And in fact, we're going to talk about that a little bit next week. Emma's going to be talking to us about our works. And if our works are meant just to make us seem good, right, Emma? They're not valuable, right? That's what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. And the point is, guys, that some of those doors where these guys thought they could get into a relationship with God by just being a good person, Jesus says those doors actually just lead to death because you end up wasting your time. And that's what he's talking about is that they spent all of their time trying to look good, trying to be good, that they didn't spend any time being godly and having a relationship with God. And so we said there's a lot of doors that we can go through, and some of those doors lead to death. And the point I'm trying to make, guys, you can fill that in. Some lead to death. The point I'm trying to make, there's obvious ones, guys. When we get in, if you were to get into like drinking, smoking, partying, whatever it is, talking about bad stuff, telling dirty jokes, using bad language, lying to your parents, stealing from the cops. I don't know. Does anybody steal from the cops? It's kind of like a double whammy when you steal from the cops. Right? Those things are obvious, not good. But there's things that we spend our time doing that we think are good because we think they make us look good. And so if it's even reading your Bible so that then you can go tell people how much you read your Bible. Guys, I, this is something that I've struggled with. Everybody struggles with. Sometimes I read my Bible, I have my quiet time. It's because I feel like I'm supposed to. And if I'm doing it because I feel like I'm supposed to, there's no relationship there. There's a very fine line between sometimes I have to force myself and I have to say, no, I want to hear from God and I want to be a part, it, a part of it. And maybe it takes an extra cup of coffee in the morning, but that relationship's there. But if I do it just to check it off a list, it's useless. And those things lead to death. Like we read in John 10.10, the first part, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. 
Pharisees and people like them, they didn't receive life because they thought life was all about checking the boxes and doing the right things, right? But the point of what we're trying to say, guys, is that there's only one way to life, and only one door leads to life. That's your next fill-in. One leads to life. And this is the true door. All the other ways, they're not even real doors, right? You're trying to sneak your way, and it's never going to happen. You can't memorize your way into heaven. You just can't. There's no way that when you die, you're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, well, you truly didn't love me or believe in me, but you had the whole Bible memorized, so I guess you can get in. It doesn't happen like that. Right? Only one way leads to life. And this is what Jesus said, the second part of verse 10. It says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus says, I'm the door, and when you come through me, when you look to me to be your security, your protector, your provider, and the way into true life, you'll, that's what you'll have. You'll have life, and you'll have it abundantly, right? So fill these three in real quickly, guys, because we've already re- kind of talked about this. Jesus is the door to security. He keeps us safe from harm. Does that, thing that, does that mean that bad things in our life won't happen? No. But it means he gives us the ability to know how to go through him and we can lean on him when we need to. He gives us comfort. Even when life is crazy, even when those harmful, painful things happen in life, we know we can rest in him and we can experience that peace that he talks about is peace beyond all understanding. We can rest in him because we know that door is protected. It's that comfort like when you have a nightmare and you go to your parents and they pull you into their bed and you get to snuggle up with them, right? Jake comes in our room like 10 times a night. I want to lay with you. We're like, no, go away. And we make him leave and then we tell the dog, Max, come on, come on, come on. Right? But you guys all know that feeling. I know it's been a long time. You guys don't get scared of the dark anymore. You guys don't get nightmares. It's okay. But when you were little, that feeling of cuddling up to your parents and feeling safe. And then he gives us confidence, right? He gives us confidence. We can be confident in the forgiveness that we receive from him, and we realize that as Jesus as the door, he's going to keep those bad things out of our life. He's going to keep us safe from harm in his safe place, right? And we, be, we can be confident that because of him, we receive forgiveness and love and we're confident that he's never gonna leave us. See, he's like that shepherd that lays at the doorway and the sheep can sleep easy at night because they know he's never gonna move. They know that when the wolves come, he'll protect them and that he'll always be there when they need him. And that's what Jesus provides for us. See, Jesus invites us to enter into life. So there's only one doorway to walk through. And that's the doorway to walk through life with Jesus. Everything else leads to death. 
Everything else is just a waste of time. We don't receive security, comfort, or confidence in the things that we do. We only receive those things from what he does for us. All right? So tonight as we break up into our small groups, you guys are going to continue talking about this. You're going to be talking about what are the things in your life. I know this idea of the doors is kind of a new one. We don't talk about this often. But what are those things in your life that you use to make yourself feel good enough? Where are the other things aside from Jesus that you try to receive safety or comfort or confidence? And we want you guys to confront those things tonight and realize that while even those things may be good, a daily quiet time with God is good. It's great. It's necessary to have a relationship with him. But doing it just so you can say you did it does nothing for you. Right? So that's what we're going to challenge you guys with tonight. I'm going to pray, and you guys are going to break up into your small groups. But I would, be, I would ask you guys to be open and honest with yourselves. What are those things that you look to for security that don't offer true security and don't offer true confidence? All right? Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. God, we love you so much. Thank you for this group that's here. I pray that you're in these groups, that you would be guiding their conversations, opening them up to you and to life in you. God, we love you, and we thank you so much for the safety and security that you offer us. And uh, help us to remember that in our life, whatever comes, God, that we can just snuggle up next to you because we know you're going to be there to protect us and to give us peace. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.